The mortgage industry never stays still. With interest rates moving, companies changing, and regulation increasing, there's always another story. This is The Principle, where we break it down daily and take a deeper dive into the issues. I'm Christine Stewart, Editorial Director for the Mortgage News Network. Let's pay it down. But first, a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal that gives you more speed and control over the process. You can now disclose, lock, and manage your loan seamlessly from start to finish, all in one place. It's another reason why greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is Division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. The Federal Reserve is likely to raise rates again when it meets next week, but how high will the open market committee go? And will this get, help us get the economy and the housing market under control? Welcome to The Principal. I'm Mike Savino, head of multimedia for the Mortgage News Network. And today I'm joined by Connell Fullenkamp. He's an economist. Uh, he's an economics professor, excuse me, at Duke University. And at this point, Connell, they can give you a friend of the pod status. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. Our, our regular, our regular. Yeah. Well, I am an economist and, an, and a professor of economics, so <laughs> I'll take you to one. Good, good. Um, so I guess just starting off, um, you know, we've seen the Fed now do some 75 uh, basis point hikes at its last few meetings. Are they sort of going to are they going to stick with that script? Do we think they uh, might have reason to change it this time? I think they're going to stick to the script at least this one more time and maybe into the new year as well. I think the Fed is really uh, bound to demonstrate to the markets that they are super serious about getting inflation under control. And I just don't think that if they back off anytime soon, uh, that the, that that will be good for the markets because then it will be back to game on, risk on kind of things and uh, inflation on. So I think the Fed is really out there trying as much to demonstrate to the markets their seriousness as they are to try to quell inflation. I mean, they're trying to do both and you can't do one without the other. And and we have some some uh, numbers just in the last couple of weeks on on inflation and on the economy. So CPI was at 8.2% on an annual rate earlier this month. But just today, just the audience knows we're, we're recording this on Thursday. We just got the GDP numbers. And, and actually, uh, you know, I guess you'd say it was a good thing. It, it grew from the, the second quarter. It's over 2% for an annual rate. So it seems like the economy is strong, but inflation continues to be a problem. So how does the Fed process all of that? Yeah, I think that these are really uncertain times for the Fed because it's a real mixed bag of indicators. And I think that's another reason why they are really going to try to stick to their script. As you mentioned, the the labor market still seems robust. The GDP growth still seems pretty good right now. Uh, but on the other hand, they're, they're, we're starting to accumulate anecdotal evidence of slowdowns. We know that the uh, high interest rates are really starting to, to bite in certain areas, including the housing market and even in the rental market uh, as a knock-on. And so the Fed has to take all of those things on board. But when it looks at the numbers, especially those recent numbers, where the core inflation is the, is the real story there, that stayed really high. I think that, that is one of the things that's driving Fed activity. I think if they were to start seeing that core inflation start to go back down, um, they may think twice about uh, 75 basis point increases. But is it, if it's going to stay high, six, over 6% in, in that August report, I think they're going to have to stick to their guns and really demonstrate to the markets that they are determined to get the interest rates up above the true inflation rate, whatever you want, it, whatever uh, rate you think that is. But I think it's higher than they had anticipated. 
And and I did want to ask you, obviously, you know, from our interest with with housing and and you know, rental is is adjacent to that, especially with with what we're talking about here, the impacts on the economy. You know, as you, t- I mean, core inflation, the shelter index continues to be one of the drivers. Looking at GDP, as strong as that was, uh, ha- the housing sector did did shrink. How does the Fed sort of process those, and of course, the importance of the housing market for the economy and for consumer spending? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the housing market is—it's been described as a flywheel, or it's been described as a big part of the business cycle. And so, when we start to see softness in the housing market, that will have knock-on effects in the economy. The question is how long it's going to take. And I think that that is going to be part of the story for the new year. I think that's one of the reasons why we're going to start to see some true signs of recession in the new year. It's going to take a little while. Um, the softness that we're seeing in terms of home sales and housing starts is definitely going to have some knock-on effects in other, you know, big ticket item purchases. Um, but that again, that's going to take some time. And there are plenty of housing markets that are still uh, pretty robust. We are seeing some of the really overpriced ones, the really expensive ones start to lose value, but that's not, I, I, I get the impression that it's, um, coming, but it's not as widespread as you might as as you might think from some of the headline numbers right now. Some po- folks are out there, you know, seeing some big price declines in these coastal markets, and they're trying to extrapolate to the rest of the country. And it's too early to do that. Yeah, yeah, it's just basically people are moving from from where it it already shot up to where it's more affordable now. Yeah, and and that's a typical story, right? In in, in housing markets, what goes up the furthest comes down the furthest, and comes down first usually. And and so you know it, it it if we're headed towards a recession possibly even with with the good GDP in the in the third quarter, you know I know uh, Chair Jerome Powell has obviously said that that you know in, recessions aren't part of their directives. It's about monetary policy and and the labor market. But does it does that still if if the Fed is still set on raising rates, do they slow it down if we're in a recession? Do they bank on recession? bringing inflation down or do they just keep going regardless of whether or not the economy is is shrinking no they're, 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 if we have a full on recession the fed is definitely going to step in and start to cut rates in some sense you could argue that the fed is uh, um basically getting us ready to uh, uh getting itself ready to be able to fight a recession you know one of the complaints that people were making before the pandemic was that interest rates were slow, so low that if we did have a recession you know monetary policy really wouldn't have much room to maneuver um the the, the historical average is something like a 5% interest rate cut during recessions and interest rates aren't 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 even that high yet, but they were only around you know two percent before uh, the pandemic, and so monetary policy just didn't have a lot of dry powder. And so part of what is going on here, I think, is kind of a normalization of the the Fed's uh, the Fed's rates, so that if we do have a real recession, they can go out and, and start to fight it. Now I realize it sounds a little bit odd because the Fed has been the the driver of higher rates. You know, they had to cool off the economy somehow. We're going to get. We were likely to get, you know, a recession, which is going to be, in some sense, too much cooling. Then the Fed can back off of the rates and start to actually cut when we when we really see, I think, evidence of serious sustained increase in unemployment. I think that will be the big signal rather than uh, GDP declines. Because remember, we had a technical, had a kind of what people, some people call a technical recession earlier this year with two two uh, period uh, two quarters of declining GDP. But that's not really what the with the Fed or what the business cycle dating people look like look at. They look more at things like unemployment. 
Don't miss the largest regional mortgage show in the nation. The New England Mortgage Expo returns to Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, January 12th and 13th. See us at www.nemortgageexpo.com. Start your year with the best connections in the industry. Dozens of sessions, scores of exhibitors. It's where success is written every hour. www.nemortgageexpo.com. And and in recently, um, you know, we've seen mortgage rates skyrocketing again. Uh, they're up over seven today. Uh, based on the the Freddie Mac averages, um, and of course, you know that's longer term. It's not directly tied to the Fed. Some of the industry have blamed the Fed. Others obviously point to to inflation as being the biggest driver. Um, have we peaked on inflation? And do we think we've peaked on mortgage rates? I hope we've peaked on inflation. Um, the The wild card to me in all of this is still energy prices. And the news coming out of Europe, which is going to be one of the big drivers this winter, is pretty good. Um, their uh, storage capacity is full. If you look at the, the numbers on that, actually, natural gas prices have, have gone down significantly over the past couple of months. And that raises, in my mind, some hopes that we may be seeing the peak, we may be uh, passing that, and we may be able to get through the winter without a, a really uncomfortable additional spike in uh, natural gas and oil prices, which would be a really good way to start cooling inflation down. So I'm I'm guardedly optimistic at this point. Of course, you know, the weather is going to do what it's going to do and if the, if things uh suddenly turn um bitter cold in Europe then all bets are off. And if if we've hopefully peaked there then whether it's inflation pushing up mortgage rates or it's the Fed's action and response depending on who you talk to, that should also I would assume have peaked. So do you think we've also peaked on mortgage rates or do you think that they'll continue to go up if there's concerns about a recession? I tend to side with the folks who who think about these things in terms of you know this Fisher effect where the 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 interest rate we see is a combination of a real interest rate plus expected inflation and so the expected inflation to me is 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 really tricky. I think it's been hard to nail down and um, ex- inflation expectations have proven to be a lot more fluid than people at the Fed uh, thought. And so that worries me a little bit that we're going to get some overshooting in terms of the mortgage rates. So I, I'm, I'm concerned that some of these some of this high inflation is getting built into expectations and that may continue to push mortgage rates up a bit. Um, and you know, we, we as as is the case in every financial market, we tend to see these overshooting in prices. And I think that the the mortgage rates are going to be no different from that. Hopefully, they won't overshoot by a lot. But I but I'm I'm not confident that we've seen them peak. So how far, do you mean? You know, we're already over seven. Do you think we can get to eight, nine? No, I don't. is is realistic. No, I think I think I, I was thinking more in terms of you know we may they may go up to seven and a half. Okay, right. I, I don't. I think I think. You know, seven seven plus percent is definitely um, you know a huge change. Really uncomfortable for a lot of people. Although you know, again, these are not necessarily extraordinarily high mortgage rates by historical experience. And so that's that that's what makes me think that yeah, once we get a you know once we get a much higher than where we're at, I saw I saw the the number was something like seven point oh eight. You know, if we're going to get up above between seven and a quarter and seven and a half, I think people will finally say yeah enough. This is this is going to cool off housing demand too much, and, and the rates will start to back off. Right, and and obviously rates are rates aren't at historic highs, but we're still seeing affordability problems because of of home prices. Um, those don't tend to come down though, right? Unless there's a real problem in the market. Yeah, exactly, and I think that's. Um, I, again, I think that's why the media has really been overstating the case these days. House housing prices tend to ratchet. 
they tend to ratchet up. And if the market gets uh, gets soft, they just tend to stay put until the next the next thing that comes along to push them up again. Um, so yeah, it's this double whammy that's have that's hitting people of a combination of high mortgage rates plus those really high housing prices to start with. And then you also have to factor in, you know, w- with inflation, there's competition for for home buyers dollars outside of the housing market with just having to pay for commodities. Um, you know, we expect inflation to to come back down, and and we'll see that with fuel prices. But do we see that in other prices, or is this something where inflation really tends to stick at the grocery store and with, you know, retail goods and things like that, where we're gonna have to wait for people's wages to catch up before they start to have disposable income again? I think there's going to be a little bit of that catch-up factor with wages. Uh, I'm all, but I'm optimistic that um, commodities prices across the board, especially with, with foodstuffs and things. You know, one of the big stories of inflation this year is that food prices have have gone on an absolute tear, and that's related to a lot of the commodity uncertainty. That's again tied to the to the Ukraine invasion. Those issues seem to be gradually working out, especially with the on the shipping side and, and to a certain extent with the production side. Um, so I'm hoping that. Uh, some of these things that are related to supply chain issues and commodities fluctuations are actually going to ease, and that might actually help the picture. Um, of course, you know we have some lingering forces that are that are going to support higher inflation or support high inflation. You know things like uh, rental rental prices, as you as we've talked about before. You know those come in with a lag, and then they tend to persist. Well, certainly, every everyone would love to to pay less at the grocery store, but especially if you're looking to buy a home, a couple oh, extra yeah. dollars you can put aside for a down payment would would certainly help. Connell, thanks as always for the insight. Appreciate it. Thanks. Is there anything else you wanted to add while I have you? Um, no, I mean the only thing the only thing that is I think kind of interesting out there in terms of you know people I, I I've, I've found it really overblown. Uh, the past few days about house pricing declines in the U.S. Yeah, and especially in the especially in, because there's so much um, corporate home buying, you know, to turn houses into rentals, and I th- I think people are underestimating the support that that's going to put on ho- on house prices, at least in the near term. So uh, that that's just another uh, just another reason why I don't think that house prices are going to be all that soft in the U.S. Yeah, and I think part of it is just you know the last recession was driven by a housing bubble burst because of oversupply, and that's not right. It's happening right now. If yeah. people can afford homes again, there's a whole laundry list of people waiting to get back in the market. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we and you know we we're still facing this long term housing shortage, and that again, that's just another one of the. So I think people kind of have. It's wishful some of these thinking. Long-term it's trends. wishful yeah. thinking for people who oh. want to buy a home. Who oh, are suddenly, yeah. like, holy shit! That's what? That's let's let's cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you make a good point. I think there's just been a ton of wishful thinking. The market's driving prices and all all across the board: stocks, crypto, all these things. I mean, it's just wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, people want and, to, you know, right? The the prices are wishful thinking on the sellers half too. They see yeah. what the neighbor got and they're like, well, oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's a more. <laughs> yeah, huge demonstration effect with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you as always. Sure. Good to talk to you. Bye. Bye. We'll be back with the rest of your headlines right after this word. This podcast was brought to you by PennyMac TPO and Power Plus, their next generation broker portal. Visit tpo.pennymac.com to sign up. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953, licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. Here's the rest of your headlines for today, October 28th. 
PennyMac laid off 100 employees shortly before announcing their third quarter earnings were down. The company reported Thursday that Q3 earnings fell by 54% from a year ago, despite rising compared to the second quarter of this year. PennyMac also says they've trimmed operating expenses. The layoffs were announced on Wednesday. PennyMac says they've trimmed operating expenses by $171 million since last year. Don't get spooked. But zombies are starting to rise once again, at least in the housing market. According to Adam, zombie foreclosures were up 4% last year. Zombie foreclosures occur when a homeowner abandons the home before being foreclosed. And finally, some shoppers are willing to move all over the country to find the best values. So where might that be? Johnson City, Tennessee tops the list. Visalia, California, Elkhart and Fort Wayne, Indiana, and Northport, Florida round up the top five emerging markets, according to Realtor.com. This has been The Principal, a Mortgage News Network podcast. All podcasts are produced by T.G. Cotamperor, Matthew Mullins, and Sarah Woolock. Mike Savino is head of multimedia, and Christine Stewart is editorial director. The opening theme was Status by Jamie Bathgate, and the music you hear now is Glossy by Skygaze. You can find episodes of The Principal at www.mortgagenewsnetwork.com, or you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to rate and review so that others can find us. Thanks for listening.